a new series that to me is very important. I always resist going to this, what I'm about to talk about today, because at a particular time, it is so much in, in, in Christendom that people started, you know, we don't want to hear about this. I hear Christians say that. Tell us something else. We don't want to hear about this, but this is very important. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts today. Touch our hearts with the blood and give us ears that can hear. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to be talking about faith today. It's a subject that I hardly ever talk about. I've never talked about it for a long time. I'm aware of it because I see, I hear a pushback every time you talk to some Christians. In fact, somebody told me, I don't want to hear about faith. Well, you don't want to hear about Christianity then. <laughs> because everything about the Christian life is of faith. Christianity is being known as the way. It's called the way. Christianity is called the way. But what we don't know that in the scriptures, the scripture refers to Christianity as the way much less than it referred to Christianity as the faith. The Bible talks about the faith, to be established in the faith. It says, examine yourself. That's 2 Corinthians, I believe, uh, 13, verse 5. It says, examine yourself to see if you are in the faith. So Christianity is called the faith. So you can't be a Christian without the faith. Christianity is the faith. Nothing works in Christianity without faith. Salvation is impossible without faith. You can't be saved without faith. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. Yes, the grace of God is available, but what connects you to the grace of God is faith. Nothing works in Christianity without faith. Divine healing is impossible. It's not possible without faith. That's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said himself, all things are possible to those who believe. Faith is the hope of Christianity. You can't do anything outside faith. We need the faith of God. Your life cannot be touched unless through faith. It's the currency that has the same value everywhere in the world. That's the only way to do transaction with God. You can't get anything out of God without faith. I'm reminded of the story of the man that brought... You, I'm just going to start with this. So you understand how important this is to God. God cannot do anything. The only medium of exchange between man and God is through faith. It just will not do anything. There was this man that brought his son that had epilepsy. And Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration. Remember that? 
And the man came. I'm sure he had heard a lot about the disciples that was after Jesus sent his disciples out. They cast out devils and all of that. So they were used to doing this. And so this guy came with his son with a lot of faith to bring, to bring uh, I mean, brought his son to the disciples so that they can, this child can get healed. However, when he got there, Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration. And the disciples could not get this demon out. And Jesus came back down from the Mount of Transfiguration. And he said, what's going on? And the father spoke immediately. You know, about what was happening. But before that, Jesus had rebuked them. They told Jesus what was happening. They couldn't get him out. Jesus says, how long will I be with you? How long will I suffer you? Bring the child to me. They brought the child to him. But instead of going immediately to heal the boy, Jesus began to speak to the father. He said, how long has this thing been? You think he didn't know? I believe that what happened in that situation, the, the, the father had watched the disciples scream, like some of us, come out in Jesus' name, and the devil was still there. And the more he watched them, and the devil wasn't going, his faith kept sinking. And so Jesus asked him, and the guy said, well, he comes on him, and he described the situation. He, sometimes he wants to put him in fire, wants to destroy him. And then he said to Jesus, if you can do anything, help me. Huh? If Jesus can do anything, Jesus turned it back to him. He says, That's, it's up to you. If you can believe, all things are possible. The guy said, I believe. And then he thought, mm, I'm not too sure about that right now. And he says, help my own belief. Have you heard that? I've prayed that way sometimes. <laughs> Lord, I believe. But something inside is telling me, mm, I don't know if I really believe. And so I said, God, you help my own belief. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was trying to get him back to where he was before he came down from the Mount of Transfiguration. Because he could have just turned and just healed the boy. He had all the faith. But he cannot do it unless he gets the father's faith back to where it was. Nothing works in Christianity outside faith. Let me share some things with you about the importance of, of faith. Faith is the foundation of the Christian life. You know, in Second Peter chapter 1, beginning from verse 5, Paul was trying to tell the, disciples, the, the, uh, the believers in his time how they can live a Christian life and not be barren or unfruitful in their knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he told them exactly what they must do. He said, if you do these things, if you allow these things in your life, and you allow these things to abound in your life, you will make it so that you will never be Barren, there are barren Christians. They don't produce anything. You can't even tell that they are Christians. Because it's not, at work, it's not working in their lives. He said, and also you will be very fruitful as a Christian. You will not be unfruitful as a Christian. But this is what he tells them. 
beginning from verse 5, it says, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But notice everything that is said to add must be added to faith. You don't add faith to anything. It's like faith is the foundation and you hang every other thing on faith. If you don't have faith, you have nothing to hang. There is nothing to put on there. Faith is the foundation. You don't add anything to, uh, to you don't add faith to anything. You add everything to faith. If you have no faith, there is nothing to hang. So you are going to be barren and you are going to be unfruitful if there is no faith. Faith is the foundation. It's so important. You must realize this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's just impossible. So we need to know what faith is and how faith works. Because many times we are saying we have faith, but there is really no faith. We say, well, well I have faith, but we don't see the result of faith. Let me let you know this. God does not overlook genuine faith. He cannot. I've been in situations where I'm trying to believe God, believe me. And I'm crying out. I know, I can tell you with my mouth that I'm believing, but in my heart somewhere there is still still struggle there. And this fear there. And so I'm praying until I get the release where I know inside of me I don't have any faith, any doubt. And when I, when I speak, I speak with confidence. And guess what? God confirms it. But before that, I'm not able to do it. I'll tell you, but he's <laughs> pulling back. You don't, are you really sure? That's what's going on. So we pray till you get to the place. Uh, the Bible tells us, in Jude 1.20, it says, But you, beloved, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Because that builds your faith up. Faith is a spiritual thing. Faith is a spirit. We also have the spirit of faith. That's what Second uh, Corinthians 4 verse 13 tells us. We also have the spirit of faith. So it's not just something that you can just conjure up. Or our church believes this. God doesn't work with what your church believes. Believes it works with what's in your heart and what's coming out of your heart, and that has to be faith. You can't do anything without faith, even from the Old Testament. God wants you, He needs that currency for the transaction to take place. And until you understand what faith is, it's going to be really hard to do business with God, it's going to be that difficult. You know, the Bible tells us faith will get you a good testimony. Hmm. And I'm going to share with you how important that is. Faith will get you a good testimony. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 2, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then it tells you 
because of all, by it, by faith, the elders, those that have gone before us, obtained a good testimony. Another translation says, a good reputation. That's so important. They only had a good reputation, a good testimony by faith. You can't have a good testimony in your life as a Christian, you will be barren without faith. That's how they did it in the old, in the old that's the way we are going to do it today. You know how important your testimony is? The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 12, 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Those people obtained a good testimony by faith. If your testimony is broken, you got no power. That's just the truth. That's why we try to live a good Christian life. Because once your testimony is broken, and the world knows, and Satan knows, he knows not to respect you. But he also knows to molest you. And to abuse you. Because the only way to overcome the enemy is by your testimony. The word of your testimony. Many of us, God has done things in our lives, but we shut our mouths. We never tell anybody. How did they overcome the enemy? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Don't keep your mouth shut when God does something in your life. Let the world know your power will be greater when you speak the testimony. You obtain it by faith, and then you speak it by faith, and then you obtain more faith, and your testimony becomes greater, and Satan sees you come in, he says, here comes trouble. What testimony is he going to give now? Here comes trouble. What are we going to do? He started again. He's coming to preach in this neighborhood. That's what they did with Paul, remember? These men that have turned the world upside down, they are here again to destroy our city. That's what happens to you when you have a faith testimony. A faith testimony. Notia Losborn wrote a book, he he titled it Faith Testimony. Your testimony of faith, what God has done in the past, and what you believe God's going to do with your life in the future. That's your testimony. God's already given this thing to you. It's for you to step out and begin to believe God. Speak what God speaks. Speak the same things. How can two work together except they be in agreement? Agree with God. Speak his testimony. His testimony is always established. He says, forever, O Lord, your word is established. It's established in heaven. We got to establish God's word through our testimony. You know, sometimes when I go through difficult times and I'm hearing all kinds of things, because I know people say things about pastor. Uh, that's no news, okay? And sometimes the words are negative. I'm not going to fight them. You know what I do? I say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. 
Every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, I condemn. And then you're going to say, see me when I'm doing it by myself up there. I condemn, I condemn, I condemn. In Jesus' name. Their words will never see the light of day. I cancel every negative thing they've said about me with the blood of Jesus. And the Bible says, this is the inheritance of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me. I said, I got God's righteousness, and my testimony is working. Amen. I get whatever I want. The devil cannot stand in the way. It's called faith's testimony. Speaking what God says without fear in your heart. And not shrinking from what God says. Because God says, this is who you are. You take faith. That's how they obtain the good testimony. Through faith. Through faith. We need that. Faith will beautify your life. I'm, tell, I'm telling you. You can never see a man of faith that will fail. There are many prayer warriors that are gallant failures. They pray a lot. Just praying doesn't mean God's going to answer if there is no faith. You pray and then the next minute you are complaining. That's no faith. We got to pray and believe God. Faith will beautify your life. Your lack of faith is reflected in everything. I mean, I'm coming to this. This is just the beginning. Your lack of faith is even reflected in your attitude. The way you carry yourself. Your countenance. The enemy sees it. He sees all fear and failure all over you. He says, hmm. He smells. We're going to, this tastes, this is going to taste good. Because he sees all the doubts and the fears you have inside of you. But when he sees faith coming, he says, and he shows in your countenance. He shows in your attitude. Your words. And he sees you coming. He says, here comes trouble. What are we going to do now? Let's have a meeting about him. That's the truth. They had a meeting when Job, uh, Satan went to heaven before God. And God was having his meeting. And God says, uh, you, have you considered Job, my friend? He says, yeah, I know the fellow. Among the millions of people in the world. Billions. Satan recognized that one. It's a real trouble to him because of his faith. Faith will beautify your life. Look, Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3 tells us this. To console those who mourn in Zion. There are a lot of Christians that are mourning today, constantly mourning. It's like God has forsaken them. God's not answering their prayers. Nothing seems to be working. They don't seem to be making any headway spiritually. They feel bound constantly. The problem with that is because they lack the faith in God. That's the only reason. If God can be with me and I really believe God is with me, who can be against me? There is no way anything can be against me. But when you don't believe, you think you are alone. But Jesus has already said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And he will not go against his word. You know, in Psalm 138 verse 2, God has honored his word above all of his names. So when God tells you something, you can stand on it. And if you're not standing on it, it's either you don't understand it and you are not applying faith, and so you become vulnerable. 
to the enemy's attack. The devil is supposed to be afraid of Christians. I'm sure he was afraid of Paul and Peter and the other fellows. When they showed up in town, he was threatened. They've come to drive us out of town. They knew that. We need to believe the word of God. Amen? He says he, he will console those that mourn in Zion. Zion is the church. Why should you be in the church and you're mourning? God wants to console you through faith to give you beauty for ashes. The oil of joy. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. There is no room for depression. There is no room for that. Do, do, am I tempted to get depressed? Oh, yes. With different situations. But that's not my portion. Amen? Can you say that with me? That's not my portion. Depression is not a part of my life. You shouldn't. Because God's with you. Yes, a horrible circumstances will come your way. But God is for us. He sent His Son to the earth for us. For you. Jesus was sent for you. I mean you. Whoever you are. Just for you. And that's big enough. Just for you. Who can take you on when Jesus is in your life? Yes, life circumstances can come in. To threaten you and make you think, well, you are alone. God has forsaken you. God doesn't care. No, he cares for you. I like when Jesus said in, in, uh, in Luke 11. He says, if you then, being evil. <laughs> he called us evil. <laughs> if you then, being evil. And nobody's going to argue with him that we are not evil. He says, if you know how to do good, give, good, do good things for your children and give them good gifts, how much more shall your heavenly father? Think about it. You are evil and still know how to do good to your children. What about God himself, who has no evil in him? How much more will he protect and take care of you? And Jesus added, Oh, ye of little see faith again. Faith again. He says, don't take any thought for the morrow, to the tomorrow or what you will wear and all of these things. He says, your life is more than that. God takes care of the sparrows. No one falls down to die Without your heavenly father noticing, okay, that one is going. That's just a bird. And Jesus said, don't you realize your life, your life is more valuable to him than just the bird? Oh, you of little faith, he says. When you have great faith, you realize there is nothing I cannot take on in this world because God's over me. He's taking care of me. Beauty for ashes. But then it says that they might be called trees of righteousness. The planting of God. When God plants you, 
You will prosper. Amen? Nobody can unplant you, if I can use the word. When God plants you, you are established. If you let God plant you, nobody can do anything to you. They'll try. Obviously, they'll try. No doubt about it, they're going to try. But nobody can do anything to you. It's the planting of God. God plants you. May God plant you this morning in Jesus' name. May he plant you and solidify your life. You got to know God's goodness towards you. That's what the good news is all about. God going up saying, go everywhere. Tell them how well I want to treat them. How good my plan is for them. How God wants to establish you. And make sure that your life is okay. Are you going to suffer hardship? Definitely. He says you will suffer persecution. There will be difficult times. He said in the world you will have tribulation. But he says don't worry about it. I'll take care of that. Just stay rested in me. He says come all you that labor and are heavy laden. You have been problems, difficult problems. You can't handle. They seem to overwhelm you. Life is going the other way, but you really want the life to go to this way. He says, come, you are weary with all of these things. And you are loaded with problems. He says, come to me. Jesus said, come to me and I'll give you rest. Just come. Stop striving. You know, today it seems like all we're hearing, what we're getting most is self-help. To help yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with self-help. But I want to remind you, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Let's not forget the supernatural and stay just in the natural world and believe in what you can get in the natural world. God is a supernatural God and what you have been struggling for 50 years if you are that old, for 50 years to accomplish, God can deliver it into your hand in one day. One day. You can never be hopeless with God in your life. It's just the truth. God is not dead. There's a song to that effect, right? God's not dead. How do you sing it, Aaron? No, kid. <laughs> I can't sing it. But God, my God's not dead. He's surely alive. And if God is alive, there's hope. You can trust Him. He's not going to fail you. God will take care of you. God will take care of your children. God will take care of your problem. There is no problem that's bigger than God. There is no problem even before He started. God saw it coming. And God's made a way for it. For you to escape and be doing well. God wants to make you a showcase to the world, if we can believe it. I think we tie his hands when we cannot believe. Let me share something with you. In the life of Jesus, there were only two things that shocked him. Two things that amazed Jesus. God says, I'm shocked by this. (laughs) That's amazing, right? He says, And he was amazed. I want to do something that's going to amaze Jesus. That's going to be unusual. 
Do you want to know what those things were? Those two things? The first one was when he went to Nazareth, where he was born. And the people were saying, where did he get this stuff from? That's Jesus. He grew up with our kids. How come he got all these things? They were offended by, 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 by him. And they had no faith. And he said, Jesus could not do many signs in that place, but just to heal a few sickly folks. And then he left the town and he said he was amazed at their unbelief. He was shocked. He couldn't believe. That was the first one. How important. He could not do many signs because of their unbelief. Their unbelief tied his hands. He couldn't do anything. And I said, God can do everything. That's not according to the scriptures. He says he couldn't. Because of what? Their lack of faith. Did he want to heal the people? Of Obviously he wanted. That's why he went there. But he couldn't. Their unbelief in him tied his hands. And he walked out of town feeling bad. Can you believe that? Jesus walked out of town feeling bad. Because they wouldn't, wouldn't believe. They saw him and they knew him. And now they just saw that. Well, that's just that little boy there. His name is Jesus. We, we know his mother. We know his brother. So how come he's got all this power? And they wouldn't yield to the power. And on that stage, Jesus was in a place and a centurion came and said, Now, come and heal my son. He actually sent some Jewish people, please talk to him and beg him. And they said, please, you need to go and heal. If the man heard it that Jesus was coming to his home. He said, no, 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 no. I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. I'm a Gentile. I just want you to say the word. You don't have to walk around. I understand authority, you see. I'm a soldier. I'm under authority and I have soldiers under my authority. When I tell them to do something, they do it. And I know who you are. You are God. All you need to do is just speak the word and my servant will be okay. And he says, Jesus turned around. He was amazed at the man's faith. And then for the first time, Jesus opened, he opened that window for the Jews to understand. Gentiles are a part of this. He said many will come from the east and from the west. And they will be sitting with the father in the kingdom. He made Peter... Uh, they didn't understand what he was saying because you remember when God told Peter to go to uh, Cornelius' home, he was telling Cornelius, you know, I never go to Gentiles' homes. He wasn't believing they could come in. But Jesus, in this one instance, made it clear. Based on this one man's faith, he opened the window for them to see that Gentiles are going to be a part of this thing because of this man's faith. How important faith is we got to know. And I'm going to be showing with you what faith is. So you know what it is. As we continue with this series. Let me share with you other feats of faith. In Hebrews. Do I have time? This thing is telling me it's 1057. It means I have a. 
<laughs> hey, I better quit. I'm getting too excited. <laughs> uh, All right. I got to stop here. <laughs> okay. Amen. I'm going to go more into this and talk about what faith is and how we can deal with this. We really need to understand this subject because it's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that can transform anything that is wrong in your life. What we need to do is give everything to Him. That's the beginning of faith. Faith for salvation. All heads bowed this morning and all eyes closed. I believe that everyone here is a believer or you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you have real faith in Him, then you are living the way He wants you to live. But sometimes we're not doing that and we are aware of that. We know that we are not where God wants us to be and we want to draw closer to God and it's, you're finding it difficult for your heart to be where God wants, wants it to be. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you so that you know that God is with you. And I'm telling you, as we pray this morning, you pray with me this morning, you will begin to see that light of God shining in your life and the desire to know God getting better and your understanding improving. But you have to let God into your heart. He needs your permission. And you do that by raising your hand this morning. Say, God, I give you permission to come into my life and do what you please. If you're here this morning and you need that, all I need, at the count of three, I just need you to put your hand up quickly and put it down. That tells God he sees it. Thank you. I see that hand. Put your hand up. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I see a lot of very sincere hearts this morning. And I'm very grateful to God for your heart. I see that your heart is sincere before God. And I know God, our God, is going to reveal himself to you in an unusual way. Would you all pray with me this morning, everybody, please? Say with me, Lord God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, into the world. Today, according to the scriptures, I receive you, Jesus, into my life, believing that you are the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And today, I call you my Savior. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'm going to tell you to stand up. This is very important. What we're going to do next is so important. Please stand up. It's so important. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10. It says, if you believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord, you will be saved. In other words, your name is in heaven. You die, you go to heaven. What I want you to do today, every one of us, shake the hand of the person standing next to you. So we can move around a little bit. You have my permission to do that. Uh, move around and shake your hand and say, I am a child of God. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Do that. Angela, you better do it. I'm watching you. And I am. <laughs> <laughs>